Amen. Second Corinthians chapter number seven. And uh, appreciate you being in your place tonight. It's my honor to be here again. And uh, I just want to say thank God. Uh, I really do, Brother Nick, Mountain Valley Baptist Church. Uh, I really uh, have enjoyed these this month of preaching down here on Wednesday nights. Uh, I really have thoroughly enjoyed it. And uh, it just helped my spirit. And I couldn't help but think, uh, I seen Brother Nick and Brother Andrew, they're up here serving God together. And that's rare to see two brothers get along with each other that could even go to church with each other. And my mind went back to one night in West Virginia as two old boys as brothers. And I walked in, one of them said, hey, Brother John, I want you to meet my wife. I looked at him, and I looked at her. He looked to be about 28, 30 years old. And if that woman wasn't 75 years old, didn't have a tooth in her head, and I mean he is as proud of her as anything you'd ever seen. That is all I could do to keep them laughing out loud. And them two old boys, I'll never forget as long as I lived. Him and his brother got up on the platform and they was up there picking their guitars. One brother looked at another brother and he said, Hey, what key are you playing in? That old boy said, I'm playing in D. What key are you playing in? He said, I'm playing in G. And they played the whole song like that, didn't they, Stacy? I mean, <laughs> so I'm glad Nick and Andrew's in the same key tonight. Say amen right there. I guess you just had to have been there. Amen. But it's been my joy to be here. Amen. I'm looking forward to what the Lord's got for us tonight. I um, was going to preach something else, just to be honest with you. And I was studying this yesterday, studying it even this afternoon, and, and I felt like I was just trying to force it, and it just never would come. And I said, all right, Lord, I got this other message I'll just preach at. And then about our four church, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and gave me what I feel like God wants us to have tonight. 2 Corinthians chapter number 7, verse number 1. Let's stand reverence to the reading of the King James Bible. Bible said, Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and of the Spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Let's look at verse number 11. For behold, this self same thing that you sobered after a godly sort, what carefulness it wrought in you, yea, what clearing of yourselves, yea, what indignation, yea, what fear, yea, what vehement desire, yea, what zeal, yea, what revenge. In all things ye have approved yourselves to be clear in this matter. Fathers, I bind your presence. I pray that you'd help me help these people. Lord, I pray that you'd touch your baby boys tonight. God, help them. I pray you'd calm them down. Lord, I really feel in my spirit that everybody needs to hear the message tonight. Lord, I pray that, uh, that you'd touch me to give these people what you've given me. I pray you'd flow through me in Jesus' name. Help us in the altar response. And not just the altar response, but the rest of our lives in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you. You can be seated. There is a word that has occurred in verse number 1. The Bible said, let us cleanse ourselves. Verse number 11, he said, Yea, what clearing of yourselves. I want to preach on this subject tonight. Take care of yourself. 
Paul over and over again, whether it was to the church or to an individual, when he told Timothy to keep thyself pure. Neighbor, if you don't take care of yourself, I doubt somebody else will. These boys can't take care of themselves. They've got to have a mom and a daddy to change their diaper to feed them. Mom and daddy's got to give themselves their own bath, clean themselves, and feed themselves. And when we had children, I was looking forward to the day when they could talk and when they could walk. And then soon after they could talk and walk, I wished they'd sit down and shut up. They can't take care of themselves, but those of us that have got any age at all have got to take care of ourselves. Now, Brother Nick, if uh, you'll find out, you testify to me in about 20 years, that when there's something wrong in the church, often God will have you go to one of the Corinthians. You'll find out how to deal with most church trouble. From these two books. I won't labor what has happened, but in 1 Corinthians, Paul is given a rebuke. Somebody, a young man, has laid with his daddy's wife. I don't think it was his mother, maybe a stepmother. And uh, there has been adultery and fornication that was committed in the church. And Paul sent a letter and said, rebuke them and said, get it right. And when they got it right, neighbor, they got it right. And in chapter number 7, Paul is fixing to commend them on this. And he uses this word, ourselves, yourself. And I just want to preach on that word, on take care of yourself. And chapter number 7, verse number 1, the apostle makes this statement, having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit. First of all, we've got to learn how to keep ourselves clean and cleanse ourselves. And if you're going to cleanse yourself, you've got to realize how defiled you are. I, I, don't bother me to go to work. Matter of fact, I like to get up in the mornings and go work. And don't bother me to work hard. Don't bother me to sweat. I, matter of fact, I like to go home after a good hard day's work and eat supper, read my Bible, and go to bed and make you sleep better at night. But before you go to bed, you got to take a bath. Why? Because you've been out there in the world and you got filthy. Same way spiritually, we've got to keep ourselves clean. So, uh, cleanse from impure thoughts and cleanse from bad motives and cleanse uh, from bitterness and envy and jealousy and malice and backbiting and lust and lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes and the pride of life. We have got to realize how filthy we are and get ourselves cleansed. Now, there are primarily, there's more than this, but there are three ways that we would cleanse ourselves and it is in the word of God he said first of all having therefore these promises dearly beloved amen well we use the promises of God to cleanse ourselves amen the good old Bible I referred to Paul used it in the book of Ephesians by the washing of the water by the word and the Bible cleanses us you know as well as I do amen if you go a while without reading your Bible then you pick it back up and read it how clean and how pure your spirit 
spirit fills. Uh, the Bible will keep your mind clean. It'll keep your mouth clean. Uh, it'll keep your ministry clean. Uh, the word of God will keep those impurities out of your heart. Uh, matter of fact, if we're consistent in our Bible reading, we can be clean with God, the promises of God. Uh, Love the word of God and never get tired of it, man. It's a it's a well of cool water, man. The Bible said in Proverbs 25, 25, as cold waters are to a thirsty soul, so is good news from a far country. And I'm glad we've got good news from a far country tonight. You have got to have a relationship with the word of God. If your relationship with the Bible is not right, then your relationship with the God of the Bible surely won't be right. Your relationship with anybody else in your life won't be right. If you're not consistent in the word of God, God and you're defiled and filthy up with whatever sin may creep in your life, whatever temptation you may give then or give in to, then you're not going to be right with anybody else. Take the Bible, brother. J.D. read us some scriptures in that good testimony tonight. It'll, it'll cleanse you. But then, verse 1 again, having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, uh, not only will the, will the promises of God help keep us clean, but the people of God will help keep us clean. He said, dearly beloved. Amen. I, I was thinking tonight as we were singing those songs on the love of God, amen, that only God could put love between a brother and another brother in Christ. Only God uh, could unite us. Only God could make the Spirit of God bear witness in our hearts. Amen. I'm telling you, there have been times in my life I meet somebody that's saved and never met them before, never heard about them, but the moment I meet them, I feel like I have known them all my life. And if you feel yourself getting filthy and defiled, get around somebody that walks with God. May I testify tonight, every time I got around Brother Sammy Allen, he encouraged me to pray and inspired me to pray. Uh, Brother Reigns would encourage me to study my Bible. Other uh, men would encourage me to worship and to witness. And, and you get around the people of God and their strengths and their life come out. It'll help keep us clean. Well, I go to church and I get around you good people. I don't leave here feel like going and getting drunk. <laughs> I, don't, I don't leave here feel like quitting and throwing in a towel and never coming back again. No, man, I'm, I'm encouraged. I'm fired up. We got here tonight. Last week was a special service. This week's special. It's different, but it's special. And boy, as we began to sing, you could sense the touch of God. And I say, blessed be in the name of God. And if it ever dawned on us, yes, God came down. That was at his virgin birth. And, and God comes in. That's when he saved us. Uh, but when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, that's God coming out. And maybe we're praying God to come down. And we're praying God to come in. If you're saved by the grace of God, he's already came down. He's already came in. And now he needs to come out. God manifesting himself through his people. Brother, it's good to get around somebody with a good godly testimony and a good song and some good preaching and a good word. It'll help keep you clean. Or you go out here and hang out with a bunch of dopers and a bunch of drunkards and that's all you're around and that's the only influence you've got and you want to go home and sit down and watch a bunch of filth on the television, listen to a bunch of junk on the radio and you ain't got no joy and you ain't got no peace. Amen. Don't come crying to me. It's your own fault. Amen to God. Is that right? 
as the people of God, the promises of God help keep you clean. Is anybody picking up what I'm putting down? You maybe feel discouraged or even filthy according to the text and you, you get around some good godly brother or sister in Christ and you leave revived and you leave refreshed and you leave helped and you leave, leave with joy in your heart and you leave a little bit cleaner than you were when you came in. God told Moses to take his shoes off when he got over at that burning bush. Several reasons, but one main reason is those shoes represented where Moses had been. And those shoes, to God said, Moses, where you've been ain't, been ain't good enough to stay in my presence. We don't have to let the world and the flesh and the devil rub off on us to the point that that's who we are and what we are. No, we're to take a bath. We're to cleanse ourselves and and uh, but then not only the people of God but the promise of God but then nextly he said perfecting holiness and the fear of God uh, the word perfecting there doesn't mean we're to be perfect no I'm not perfect just like the song said don't ask my wife how imperfect I am or my children how imperfect I am and I won't ask your family how imperfect you are because we could stay here all night uh, talking about everybody's faults and everybody's failures and everyone well, they did that and he did this and she did that no no we're not perfect, so that word perfecting means to grow. It's maturing. We're to perfect holiness. That's word to mature in holiness. The promise of God is his word. Perfecting the holiness, that is God's way. He said, be ye holy, for I am holy. Holiness goes a lot further than just how we dress and how we talk. Holiness is a matter of the heart. Amen. And we're to worship him in the beauty of holiness. That's what God is. And everybody wants to argue about the attributes of God. Brother Nick, you go home, you study this out. I submit to you tonight that holiness is not an attribute of God. It is the essence of God. It is the essence of God. Somebody said, well, the Bible said God is light. That means God, essence is light. No, that's an attribute of God. Amen. Uh, you, you don't say light holy. You say holy light and holy bread and, and holy grace and holy mercy. You don't reverse it. The holiness of God, everything else flows out from it. So everything God's got is holy. His mercy is holy. His grace is holy. His people are to be holy. His Bible's holy. His church is holy. His love is holy. I know the Bible said God is love, and some will say that's the essence of God. So I have one of his attributes. Amen. It's a holy life. I mean, holiness is the zenith, the pinnacle, the height of heights. You don't get no holier than that. You can't ascribe to God any other title that would fit him any better than to say God is holy. The holiness of God. So we're to be holy. So we're to perfect it. That means we are to grow. That's how we stay clean. But then, verse number two, he said, receive us. Paul talking to the church here. We, we have the promises. We have the perfecting. We have, the, we have the, the people. But now we've got the preacher that would help keep us clean. Amen. Amen. So here, how, 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 would you, how would you like it if the Apostle Paul came up in here tonight and said, John, sit down. I've got a word from God. Well, I wouldn't argue with him one bit. I'd sit down and I'd listen to him and I'd pay attention and I'd get reproved and I'd get rebuked and I'd get exhorted. God uses his men to uh, cleanse us. So don't get mad when God puts a message on the man of God and tells him to preach to you. It don't matter. Amen. Uh, Brother Nick, we've got to be careful that we don't abuse our authority as the men of God 
God and take advantage of that in people's lives. But when God tells us to preach, it don't matter if it's on how to live, how to dress, how to talk, how to submit to your husband, how to love your wife, name all the above that might would go against the grain. Amen. God uses his men and his message to help keep us clean. I'll never forget years ago, Brother Stanley Adcock, he was our pastor. What a man of God. He came to me and Matthew and several others of us and we hadn't been saved long. He said, any of you boys got a can of tobacco? Uh, we said, yeah. He said, I need it. I want to use it for a preaching illustration. I need y'all to help me get some stuff. So we collected cans of tobacco, cigarette packs. We collected old empty liquor bottles and and, you know, stuff like that. Well, I think uh, somebody even gave him a Hank Williams Jr. tape, and maybe somebody gave him a Conway Twitty tape, and that was before CDs. That was the tape age, okay? And he got a big old black pot and put it up there in front of the church and used that text with Elisha and preached on poison in the pot. Boy, he skinned our hide. He preached against everything we'd been doing, everything we'd been saying. He preached against us driving too fast in the church parking lot. He preached against spitting tobacco juice on the front porch I mean you name it he blistered it amen and when the message was done we got on the altar we never asked him for our cigarettes back we never asked him for the country music tapes back we went and got along with God and said thank you God for the man of God preaching to us amen God uses his preacher to cleanse us but then we, we keep ourselves cleansed. He said later on in verse number 5, he, Paul's talking about for when we were come to Macedonia. He's talking about the trouble that he went through to get to them. And while they were in Corinth, God uses us being in our place to keep us clean. Well, that old boy in Luke 15, we studied last week a little bit. He's out there in the pig pen. He's out of place. Well, if you're filthy tonight, you're out of place. you got a filthy spirit, filthy attitude. Filthy heart, full of bitterness, jealousy, whatever the case may be. It might be because you're trying to kick against the pricks and get out of God's will for your life and get out of place. Uh, ladies, I want you to hear me and hear me well. It is your place to submit to your husband and to follow your husband. And when you try to get out of that submission and out of that marriage and out of that home, you're out of place, sir. When you want to leave your family, you're out of place. Amen. And you're going to get filthy. You just as well say amen right there. And Brother Nick, if you ever resign the church out of God's will, you'll be out of your your place. Amen to God. I believe I'm in the perfect will of God tonight. Amen. Filling in for you on this Wednesday night. Amen. If I wouldn't have come, I'd have been out of place. If I wouldn't have preached this message, I'd have been out of place. Amen. Simply put, get in your place and bloom where God's planted you. Amen. And, and I'm just going to say it. Don't be a whiny, big old fat baby whining about everything that don't go your way. If I had a dime for every time something didn't go my way, I'd be a millionaire tonight. Stay in your place. It'll help keep you clean. Stay in your place. It'll cleanse us from the filthiness of the flesh. It'll cleanse us from a lack of faith. Anybody ever been there? Oh, yeah, we believed God had saved us, and we believed at times God had paid the bills and supply the needs, and then getting a little bit of a trial, and I've been there more than I'd like to have to admit 
throw your hands up in the air. What we're going to do now, God, we need help. Well, you know where we're at. You know what's going on. Why in the world ain't you moving? Why have you forgotten us? Have you ever been there as a pastor? I mean, Sunday after Sunday as an evangelist, week after week, or a missionary would come through, and you got some coming in here on Sunday morning, and it might not be that God's got that lined up for you necessarily to be a blessing to them, but maybe them to you, and you could hear their heart, and, and but it, it just seemed like nothing's going to, maybe you, you've been broke for a while, and it seems like you can't, can't get your bills paid, can't get your debt called up, whatever the case may be, great God, amen, and is it is it because I don't believe God like I used to, no, amen, but if you got a lack of faith in your heart tonight, you're going to get filthy, amen, we've got to believe God for everything, I believe him for every meal, every message, believe him for every penny, believe him to fill these pews up, believe him to send revival, believe him to send the mission money in, and believe him to save our family, save our children, don't lose faith in God, wherefore believe God, he ain't dead, he ain't forgot us, he's still on the throne. And that's easy to say when you're in the pulpit trying to encourage somebody else. But that's hard to say when you're on your knees and you're praying for God to move. That's hard to say for Mary and Martha when Lazarus has been in the dead four day, or grave four days. Easy preaching, hard living. A lack of faith will cause filthiness. A, a lack of a fervent spirit in prayer and in preaching will cause uh, a filthiness. Uh, not being filled with the Spirit, not being filled with joy, but not being fitly joined together will cause a filthiness. Well, it might not be pornography, and it might not be liquor, and it might not be bad music. It might be disagreements and disunity in the church house that would bring filthiness upon us. You have got to quit, take care of yourself, cleanse yourself, get this junk out of our lives. Then number two, verse number 11 tonight. He said, For behold, this selfsame thing that you sobered after a godly sort, what carefulness it wrought in you. Yea, what clearing of yourselves. And uh, later on in the verse, In all things you have approved yourselves to be clear in this matter. Not only are we to cleanse ourselves, but we are to clear ourselves. This crowd had messed up. This crowd had allowed sin to go on in the church unrebuked. Now, I wouldn't think that would be the case around here at any time. I know your pastor, and he may be patient sometimes, and maybe you might think he's taking too long, but you just follow his faith and let God lead him and guide him. And I guess as a younger preacher, you won't have to worry about him dealing with stuff. It's going to get dealt with. And uh, sometimes God will lead us. I'll never forget one time. We was in the prayer room at the uh, Pleasant View Baptist Church. My pastor, Brother Larry K. Rains, the man of God, mentioned that we had uh, something going on we need to pray about, and it really ticked somebody off. And boy, you could sense it when he mentioned it. And he just mentioned we had a debt that we need to get cleared out, and, and we need to start raising some extra money. And boy, somebody got upset. Boy, I'm telling you what, it got all over him. He stopped that prayer room right then and there, and he said, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to fix you tonight. I'm going I'm to deal with you. This thing's going to get dealt with. Lord said a few other things. And, and, uh, and he went, we went in there and we sang a few songs. And he got up and read one of the longest chapters in the Bible. And when he got done, he said, well, I closed his Bible, Brother Nick. He said, well, I believe that's all I got tonight. 
And he called on somebody to pray. Never preached, just read the Bible. Came straight to me and said, John, if God ever lets you pastor, son. He said, take a lesson from your old preacher man. He said, if I'd have dealt with that tonight, he said, we'd have probably lost three or four families. I'm going to go pray about this thing. Sure enough, about a month later, after saturating that thing in prayer, he got up and dealt with it. Instead of people going out the back door, they're coming to the altar, getting right with God, getting right with Him, and getting right with each other. Amen. Neighbor, I'm telling you, stuff got to be dealt with in God's timing. Yep. And you gotta, you got to clear yourself, whether it's a matter that's happened in the church that didn't get dealt with. If the whole church has got to ever get on the altar and ask God to forgive them. Yes. I was preaching in a church several years ago and the pastor had messed up and I just recommended, I told one of the deacons, I said, brother, I said, I know it's not your sin, but I recommend you get the whole church together and as a church, you get on the altar and ask God to forgive the church. Because it went undealt with for a while. Maybe it's a personal issue. Do I have to name 4011 sins? Maybe it's a personal issue. Clear yourself. Well, Brother John, it's embarrassing. I know it is. I never have enjoyed having to confess publicly and apologize publicly. I was scheduled to preach the Midway Bible Baptist second. Was it no third? Was it third, Mama? Friday night. Jubilees, Brother Ricky Rackley was the pastor. Brother Nick, you'd have loved them days. You'd have loved them if God was everywhere. And I was scheduled to preach and they had a death or weather or something like that and they had to cancel the meeting. So he called me and he said, Brother John, we're going to have to cancel the meeting. I'm sorry. He said, you come next month and if it's the will of God, I'll have you preach. We get there next month and it was not the will of God. I sit there, he called on another man, I got mad. I got envious and jealous. I did, I mean I did, I was mad. The Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, if you don't confess and forsake this tonight, oh, it's going to be bad. So at the end of the service, I stood up. Brother Rackley acknowledged me. He said, Brother John, you know, I had him scheduled last month. He's one of the finest young preachers. He just loves God, loves Jesus, loves the Bible. I was going to try to preach him tonight, but when we got here, the Holy Spirit told me to preach this other man. I wasn't scheduled to be there. I just told him to be ready. It was the will of God. He, he, boy, and the more he bragged on me, the worse it was making me feel because I knew what I was fixing to have to say. And I stood and I said, uh, Beloved, I've got a confession I've got to make when pastor didn't call on me to preach tonight I sit here and I grieved the Holy Spirit the whole time that dear brother friend of mine was preaching and he didn't have no liberty and it was all my fault and when I confessed my sin God come in that place and boy we went to church then I'll never forget well I could give you story after story after story you got to clear yourself well if you've sinned against somebody go to them apologize if your sin has, has been made public enough that the church knows about it, then you need to make public acknowledgments. You don't have to hang all your dirty clothes out for everybody to see. 
Sometimes just a simple, hey, y'all know what I've done. You know what I've been, uh, and, and I want to apologize. You don't have to give every detail. Man had some kids in his church fornicating one time. I'm going to expose them for everything they are. I'm going to make them get up and stand and tell all, everything, what they did, where they's at, all this. I just looked at him. I said, brother, everybody that needs to know what they've done probably knows. I think it's simple. I've sinned against God. And I've brought shame on the church. And I've hurt some of you people. And I've, I've had, that would be sufficient enough. I've had two in my ministry several times. And I'm not proud of this. I'm trying to be an example myself. I'm not preaching to you anything that I've not practiced. Brother Andrew, I've had to apologize to my wife and to my children. I've had to apologize to God. I've had to go to other brethren and say, you know what, brother, I, I'm sorry. I was rude. I had a bad attitude. I was wrong. Please forgive me. I'm sorry. Getting a bad spirit years ago. I was in a bad spirit one night preaching. And I mean, I was letting them have it. Oh, man, I was. And the Holy Ghost smote me right in the middle of the message. and said, your spirit is not right. And I had to stop and say, you know what, folks? What I'm preaching is the truth, but my attitude stinks tonight. I'm sorry. I apologize. You know what I was? You know what you would do? You're clearing yourself. You don't go out here and sin, and then all of a sudden just come back in church and act like nothing ever happened. That's called fakeness. That's called hypocrisy. What you have to do is say, "Hey." I got to get something right. I owe you or this or that. An apology. And you got to, if you're going to take care of yourself, you got to learn to clear yourself when you sin. And that ain't, that's for everybody. That's from the pulpit to the pew. I want everybody, I want everybody, I'm going to do this twice. I want to see how difficult it is for this congregation I want everybody to repeat after me right quick okay I'm sorry was that that hard let's try a more uh, a more formal approach to it I apologize was it that stinking hard for those words to come out of your mouth if it was it's cause you're full of pride well, if I apologize, what are people going to think about you? They'll probably think a whole lot better about you than they do knowing that you got something in your life you ain't cleared yourself about. Get right with God. Get right with the church. Go on. Serve God. Well, there's a lot to be said here. There's godly sorrow. Uh, not worldly sorrow, but godly sorrow. God has broken on your life and convicted you and showed you where you was wrong, and God brought sorrow. And your joy is gone. But then our text would teach us of grief over sin. Do you grieve over sin? Do, have, have you ever sinned and it just grieved you to the point? that you knew where your joy was gone and why? You knew why the joy bells wasn't ringing in your heart? People that don't grieve over sin ain't never been saved by the grace of God. I'm talking about grieving over sin, but then there's grace. I like this. There's grace to get set back in order. Grace, get on with your life. Don't let this be your legacy. 
Y'all picking up what I'm putting down tonight? Do not let this be whatever it is in your life. Don't let it be your legacy. Don't let it be your testimony. Clear yourselves. I'm preaching on take care of yourself tonight. There's glory to shout in. Maintaining the joy of God. There is a... Then let's move on. I got ahead of myself. That's okay. He said in all things, verse 11, the latter part... You have approved yourselves to be clear in this matter. There's a cleansing of self. There's a clearing of self. But then thirdly tonight, there's a confirming of self. You not only cleared yourself, but you confirmed it. You proved it. That crowd's got fruit, buddy. They're different since they got right with God. That church, this whole church was a different place since they had gotten right with the Lord. How do we confirm it? Two main things. Two main things. Primarily by fixing everything you messed up. You take a pillar, you rip it open, and you throw the feathers up to the wind, you'll never get all those feathers back. But you want to know the greatest testimony you could have tonight? Well, there's a feller, yeah. There's a woman, yeah. They ripped the pillow open and throwed the feathers up to the wind. But when they realized their mistake and they cleared themselves, I ain't never seen nobody in my life try as hard to get all the feathers back. Fix it. How do I fix it? Maybe it's a two things most of the time. Maybe it's a private. Sometimes you don't have to go public, but maybe it's a private getting right with somebody. And then a public acknowledgement. I'm not right with God. Please forgive me and I don't want to jump back in like I am. Then chapter number 10. And I believe I preached the burden of my heart. But let me give you this. Chapter number 10. Verse 14. I won't labor to introduce the text. I'll just pull this verse out. For we stretch not ourselves beyond our measure. We're going to cleanse ourselves. We're going to clear ourselves. We're going to confirm ourselves. But now we're going to contain ourselves. That word stretched means to extend beyond the prescribed bounds. You have got to know your limits as a husband. Ma'am, you have got to learn your limits as a wife. As a church, as a pastor, every area of your life, you've got to learn your limits. Well, does that mean that I, I find a place to stop? Well, you don't stretch yourself beyond measure. Know your limits and recognize that He is limitless. And keep a biblical balance on what you're doing. What you can do and what you can't do. If, now get this, we stretch ourselves beyond our bounds, we neglect our own responsibility. We neglect our own vineyard when we stretch ourselves. Lynette, God will let you go preach meetings. Church, he'll let you all support missionaries. But there's a fine line between faith giving and foolish giving. God ain't never, 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 never told nobody to give their bill money. And a special offering. 
Well, the Lord, I got my electric bill and my phone bill due this week, but the Holy Spirit told me to give it to somebody else. No, he didn't. He told you to pay your bills. Boy, how come it got quiet right there? Pay your power bill. Pay your electric bill. Don't stretch yourself financially beyond your limits. I mean, I know the day may come. The day may come, and I guess credit cards have their place. If you can handle them, you can get discounts and cents off your gallons. Sam's card, use that. You get a little bit of a break, stuff like that. You get the credit card over at J.C. Penney's. You get 10, 20, 30% off Thanksgiving, whatever. I'm not against that, but pay the bill. Don't let that entrance eat you alive. Years ago, I bought a minivan. I probably bought it out of the will of God, but I bought it on a credit card. I didn't give, I don't think, but $2,000 or $2,500 for it. Well, I got behind on my payment. Didn't even realize it. Went to make the payment. And I got to looking at the bill, looking at the payment. I called them up, and I said, look, something ain't right here. Y'all got me paying 30% interest. They said, oh, you didn't read the fine print when you signed that one, did you, Mr. Morgan? I said, I know I didn't. They said, you're late one day on one payment. We got you at 30% the rest of your term on this. You better be careful stretching yourself financially. You'll be going to bed every night worrying about money. You'll be waking up every morning worried about stinking stupid money. Then if you ain't careful, if you get stretched out like that, you'll see other people that's got it and you ain't got it. Then you'll start acting strange towards them and you'll feel like, well, what in the world if I'm doing wrong here? Well, maybe you stretched yourself beyond your limits financially. Amen. You, you take on missionaries as God leads you. But make sure God's leading you. Make sure this getting in this rat race competing with other churches. Well, they support 50 missionaries. We only support 20. How many of y'all support? That's pretty good for four families. Is that how many? Four families? Is that what I've been praying for? Five families? Yeah, five. That's, that's pretty good for five families. But listen to the leadership. I'm, I'm trying to preach having a biblical balance on containing yourself. Then... Contain yourself when it comes to sin. Rain it in, buddy. You don't have to do it. Whatever it is. Am I making any sense, Brother Nick? Lastly, and I'm done. Andrew, if you don't need to pray, you won't come play us an invitation. Uh, control yourself. I feel like the message tonight with every head bowed and every eye closed, we're standing all over the building. I feel like the message tonight is clearing yourself. Just clear it. Clear yourself. So if the Lord's dealt with you about anything tonight, I'd ask you to find a place in this altar. Ask the Lord to help you. Some are coming if you need to come. Come. 